And welcome back in Stripe Show Podcast. I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. And we've got a special one here this week with with someone that I've known for quite some time. He's from Louisville, but uh, he lives here in Ponte Vedra. And in fact, he lives, I don't know, maybe driver, three wood, five wood, seven iron away from me, you know, somewhere in there as the crow flies here in, uh, in Nocatee, Ponte Vedra, Florida. And uh, I've been uh, watching his career uh, for quite some time. It goes back to my days when I was a director of instruction at TPC Sawgrass. He was working on his game. He was grinding, climbing the ranks. And so many times I would show up to work and he would already be there hitting balls. And then when I would leave after seven or eight lessons a day, he would still be there hitting balls, putting, chipping, grinding. You thought VJ Singh worked hard. Well, my next guest, he works just as hard and he just captured his second win on the Corn Ferry Tour this year. And he's waiting to get on the course up in Savannah for the next event. Jared Wolf, congratulations, my man. Thank you for joining us here on the podcast. Hey, man. Thank you so much. Thanks for all the kind words. Uh, heck of an introduction. Much appreciated. Yeah. Um, yeah. Happy to be on here. Happy to talk. Well, well deserved. I mean, I've been, uh, it's been a, it's been a journey for you and I want to get to that. You know, when I first met you and you were playing the mini tours, Canada, Latin America, but as you know, your second win now of the year and uh, one more win, it automatically gets you onto the PGA tour. You got to be feeling pretty damn good about your game right now. It feels, it feels really good. You know, I, I, I can't say it feels much different than, uh, you know, it did to start the year out, uh, you know, as far as these last, you know, this middle stretch is gone. Uh, I know we had the big break there with, uh, you know, the stoppage of play and everything, but coming back, you know, everything, everything kind of picked up where it left off and, and I've, I've been playing good. haven't had the greatest of finishes, but uh, I knew it wasn't much that was keeping me from getting back in contention. And, um, I certainly didn't think I would go straight to winning, uh, but I thought maybe I'd get into the top five or something or top tens again. So happy to, to have that validation of, of the hard work and how the season's been going. Yeah, you got your first win in the Bahamas, the uh, Great Abaco Classic at Baja Mar. Love that facility. I've been there back in January. And then uh, now your second win here, Wichita Open, supporting the Wichita youth. And your final round was your worst round of the week. But an eagle you made, that was the seal to get that second win. What was going through your mind down the stretch? It was uh, it was pretty crazy. So the uh, the first three days was the same weather as the practice rounds, and it was you know southwest wind blowing, you know ten to twenty uh, every single day. So we had a blueprint of how we wanted to play the golf course, and you know the tee shot set up really well to my eye and everything. Sunday rolls around, and that night the forecast changed to northeast blowing twenty to thirty five. So I sat there thinking, you know, I've got to rethink how I'm playing this golf course. It won't work into the wind versus down. We have multiple carries of, you know, three plus, 300 plus to cover water or bunkers or kind of to reassess those things. And well, as, so as Sunday it came along, first five or six holes were pretty calm, nothing much going on there. I was doing, you know, what I had been doing or the last few days, I uh, didn't make a couple of putts on those first few holes and still had a good lead, a uh, two shot lead. And then the, we had a weather delay come in on the seventh hole. It was only, it went from zero to two miles an hour to 30 plus mm. in a matter of seconds and it was raining and everything they called us off the course we went back out uh the, the rain stopped but the wind never did so it's a completely different golf course than that those first three days and i knew that going back out that we don't have to go make seven birdies coming in 
we need to make pars because these guys have to catch me and the conditions are not good. Mm. They're not conducive to, to making those birdies and scoring. Fast forward to that, to that eagle uh, that made it that three-shot separation again. To us, felt you know like a, a really big moment because I knew the rest of the holes coming in what they would what they were going to be like. I did not expect Taylor to birdie the next hole, and I bogey it to get us back to that one shot. Hanging on those last few holes, uh, I think I missed the green on all three of them. Uh, you know, but I, I got up and down uh, two out of the three. Taylor got up and down um, one of the two times. So it was just wild. It, it was such a different golf course than what we had played, and. And hanging on is definitely the right term. I mean, I, I think pretty much everybody in that uh, afternoon wave of players was just basically hanging on yeah. to life to <laughs> try not to throw up on themselves the last uh, six or seven holes. I'm very happy with how I played uh, through that stretch. A lot of up and downs, a lot of four-foot putts with that crosswind and couldn't have been happier with how the short game went. Yeah, Taylor Pendrith is uh, the player that you're referring to. And uh, if you were in that moment, say – Two years ago, three years ago, do you, do you win that tournament? You know, two or three years ago, you know, I would have freaked out. Oh my gosh, the weather's this. I don't know how to adapt to it. I, I don't know how to change. It's all mm. so new. And and I'm watching Taylor who hits it further than me, and I'm a long hitter, and you know he's blasting it past me, and you know, oh, you know, just getting caught up in all the little mini moments. It doesn't matter what's going on between now and the 18th hole, as long as I'm the one at the end that's putting last and raising the trophy. Like, I don't care how we get there. We're going to make it happen. We're going to make it work. And he said, I don't think that would have happened a few years ago. You've been a pro for, I think, 11 years now. This this your best year on the Corn Ferry Tour with, I saw a quote from you back, I believe, early summer. And you said, quote, my wife and I decided that I needed to be on either the Corn Ferry Tour or the PGA Tour from here on out or find something else to do that was you wasn't it yes mm -hmm. that was that was me that was me last year i think middle of the middle of the year or beginning of the year something like that yeah yeah what got you to that point we had our uh, our daughter september 1st of 2019 and throughout kelsey's pregnancy you know we just kept looking and thinking you know this as good as these development tours are that the pga tour has has now with the mckenzie in uh, latin america they're just not sustainable for a family of three uh, and very much less sustainable for just, you know, a family of two. So with the travel as well, you know, I missed seven of the first 11 weeks that Chloe was born. And, and we just decided like, like we can't keep doing that uh, for, for the kind of reward that we're getting at that stage. You know, we, we need to be on the corn Ferry tour where, you know, I can have investors at home help out playing for money that, you know, when you play well, um, might be able to help take care of a family for mm -hmm. a year or two and then, you know, reassess uh, or make it to the PGA Tour. And and at that time, we had like four Latin Tour events left, and I finished second in two of them to get me four starts on the Corn Ferry Tour. And so it still wasn't set in stone even at the end of the year that we were still going to keep playing. I had to go see what these first four events were about. I couldn't tell you how nervous I was that first week in Exuma coming back out the third day to to finish our second round and have it, I had to make a decent stretch of holes there to, to make the cut. And I think that's probably the most nervous I've been in a while because I, I knew what that meant. I knew making that cut would get me some more starts. And 
much less the next week winning and, <laughs> and, and taking care of all of it that way. I mean, that's an incredible story. You think about that. You had four starts. The first was in the Bahamas, the great Exuma Classic at Sandals Emerald Bay. You go 72-74, you make the cut. You go T-53, and that mm-hmm. gets you into next week. Is that right? And then... It wouldn't, it didn't get me to the next week, but I, I just knew that after the reshuffles, it would keep me in for maybe a couple more events. Okay. I had those first four guaranteed, which I believe were the two Bahamas and then uh, I believe Panama, Panama and Colombia. Yep. Yep. Wow. So you had the first four events and your second mm-hmm. one, you win, continue on, you go T10 at Panama. Then in your backyard, the mm-hmm. King and Bear Classic at World Golf Village, you go T6, another top 10 in Colorado. And then here you are now with your second win in Wichita. Let's take a second to talk about the guys and girls over at Encore Golf. Encore has earned a reputation of having the most cutting-edge technology in their golf balls that the industry has seen in quite some time. Their team in Buffalo, New York, is changing the script of golf technology through the perimeter-weighted designs, use of high-density particles, and even a nano-transitional layer in their latest creation, which offers players enhanced accuracy and control for every shot on the course and extreme velocity off the tee. They already have their award-winning Elixir and Avant 55 golf balls, but the new Vero X1 is the highest performance ball to date with their full suit of golf balls. They are transforming the game for players of all skill levels. Visit EncoreGolf.com slash Travis Fulton for more details about their products that are revolutionizing the game. Now back to the Stripe Show podcast. Pulling into Savannah, I went up to that tournament last year. It's always a, a good event, and you can't get on the golf course right now because they're doing what? <laughs> they uh, so with this this tournament was scheduled for in the kind of the middle of the summer. There was a, an outing that they couldn't get off the books. This afternoon, they they shut the course down, so we can practice on the range and and chipping greens and stuff. But the golf course is closed, so. Uh, two days off for me after, after the win last week, I'm happy with that. I wouldn't have forced myself to do it. So now I'm forced to do it. Uh, and, and uh, I always like to be nice and relaxed and refreshed for a tournament anyway. So I'm going to use it for, for a positive. Yeah. Take me, take my audience just here for a moment back to these Benny tours that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. The PJ tours done a nice job over the last few years getting these developmental tours in place. Um, and you know, one of them, McKenzie tour, up in Canada, the other one, the Latin American tour, and uh, you've played both of them. You won three mm-hmm. times uh, down in Latin America. And when you're traveling on the mini tours, just get, just give my audience just kind of a sense, you know, what life is like playing mini tour golf inside and out of different countries. It's a pretty unique experience. You know, I kind of, I kind of told people, well, Canada's kind of, you know, like it's, it's just like in your backyard. It's fantastic, but everybody speaks English. The food's the same. You know, it's pretty similar to what it's going to be like in the States. But Latin America is a different animal. If you don't know Spanish uh, or maybe even a little Portuguese, like, you know, traveling to these airports and trying to figure out what you're doing, um, you get a sense of how to do it, but it takes you a few weeks mm. to figure it out. But you're trying to, because the tour doesn't schedule these things for us. So we schedule our flights. We schedule our our transportation from the airport to the hotel or to an Airbnb. Uh, we trans we handle our transportation to the golf course. Uh, you know, some weeks are certain places we fly into that uh, may or may not require that. We, we flew into Honduras. You know, they they took care of getting us there. Um, you know, a few other places, Guatemala. 
different types of places they, they do that. But say like Bogota, Colombia, we, we fly in there, we get uh, we catch an Uber to our Airbnb and then that's how we get around. Kind of dance in that dance, you know, does the Uber show up on time? Does he, you know, do they speak enough English to kind of, you know, if they get lost, we know where we're going. There's just a lot of variables that you have to deal with on that tour that to me makes it a competitive advantage if you mm. are okay with variables. If you can handle things and let things roll off your back, you know, and just instead of, you know, it, you say you're in college, you know, you're done playing the, or the coach wants you to practice for an hour after you're done and you've been taught that and you go to many tours and you do that. Well, the bus might leave Latin America to go back to the hotel if, if it is one of those situations in 10 minutes or you're going to have to wait three hours for the next one or two hours for the next one. So you have to make a decision. Do I want to be back and eat some food and, and go to sleep or do I want to wait two more hours for a bus ride? Uh, so you may not get to yeah. practice afterwards. Like there's just things that I can't tell you how many times I didn't, I never practiced after I played because it just didn't make sense timing wise. At what point did you realize that, look, I'm good enough to be on the corn Ferry tour. When does that mm-hmm. hit you as a player? Have you always known that or was there a point where you're like, okay, I'm ready for the next step? Yeah. I, when I got status in uh, 2014, uh, I went out and played 17 events and made two cuts. Uh, and of those two cuts, I finished dead last in Louisiana and 31st in, in uh, mm-hmm. Georgia. I used to play in Valdosta. And so I come off of that year. That was the first year I wasn't playing mini tour. And at that time they didn't have, they didn't have the McKinsey tour or Latin America. So uh, I had just been playing um, Hooters tour and uh, a few other type tours at the time. And coming off of that year, I thought I'm definitely not ready for this tour yet. I had to figure out, am I good enough to even keep playing? Because obviously if I made two cuts, that was it. You know, I'm watching these other guys win. And I'm thinking I have no chance to do that. It's interesting, like, you know, as it, the next couple of years go by, uh, I even remember that year in, in um, Latin America when I won in Jamaica in 2017, the, the week before wa- uh, was in Argentina and I finished second. And it completely took me by surprise. Uh, I hadn't been playing that great or whatever, but something clicked. I finished second. I was like, huh, you know, I can actually play. And then, and then a few weeks later, I went in Jamaica and I'm like, man, this is actually all starting to validate that I can play. People have been telling me, you know, you, you got the game to do it. You know, why aren't you there and all that? And, you know, <laughs> I, I just kept telling them, I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know what good golf is. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just, you know what I mean? Like I wasn't an all American. I, I, I didn't, I didn't play AJGA events. I, well, I did. I just never made the cuts. And, you know, I just, I didn't know what really good golf was or how to play it. And so I learned that on that tour. I learned, the formula of how, how do you play well? And, and, you know, and it became a little more simple to me on, on how to actually do that. Uh, and then I translated that. I said, I'm going to take that. I'm going to translate it to the corn Ferry tour this year. And, uh, and I didn't think it would happen the second event of the year, mm-hmm. but I thought, you know, I've got the game to win out here. I was like, I don't know when it's going to happen, but, but I've got the game to do it. Your route to this is different than, you know, a lot of players you played at Murray state. Like you said, even before that, when you were younger, you might not have been, you know, the all-star junior player. You didn't yeah, come out of college and, <laughs> and go straight to the Corn Ferry Tour and then out onto the PGA Tour, like we see a lot of these players. So it's fair to say you're a bit of a late bloomer. You've just kind of continued mm-hmm. to kind of work your craft, benchmark along the way, and just continue to get better and better and just kind of clip it off at every single level. And now, you know, you're one step away from 
the ultimate level, which is playing on the PGA tour. And I would have to think knowing the crew that you run with at TPC Sawgrass, where you practice, like seeing Chris Baker make the jump, Tim Wilkinson, mm-hmm. I know you're benchmarking your game with them. You've got to believe now two corn Ferry tour wins. Look, I can go out on the PGA tour, learn these courses, make cuts and compete. Absolutely. So validating. You know, one, one is great. One was the shock and all. But two, yeah. in the same year, I'm like, you know, it's, it's kind of been more of a gratifying win or a, or a um, I don't know how to say it, more of a satisfying validation, you know, that it wasn't just a, a fluke week in the Bahamas where it was windy and just everybody else just didn't play good. You know, like the, you know, those, some, some, some of those thoughts go through your head as, as the year goes on and you don't get in contention and things you're thinking, well, maybe that was just, you know, the fluke or something, but uh, but I knew I knew my game. I, I, those were very small thoughts that, that crept in every once in a while. But the majority of the time, I, I knew, you know, that my game can translate. Maybe another win. More importantly, it can and will translate to the PGA Tour. You know, you hit it long, like you mentioned. You're 315 mm-hmm. yards right now on the Corn Ferry Tour. That's 29th. How does that happen? Three 315 yards in your 29th. Goodness gracious! <laughs> um, but you're long. I mean, you're one of the longer ones out there. But you're accurate too. 62% of your fairway somewhere in there, or maybe I think total driving that puts you around, you're in the top five or six uh, on the corn Ferry tour. So, you know, long and straight travels on any tour. You can putt. You're currently 17th on the corn Ferry tour and you're, uh, and you're up there in the upper half and greens regulation. So, you know, your game, it's not like you're going to be going out there and bunting it, you know, and, and struggling with your putting. You can, you can bust it out there with great length. You're a solid iron player. And oh yeah, by the way, you can putt. And I would have to think just learning the courses will be a big part of that as you are currently now fourth in the top mm-hmm. 25, but a third win, it's called the Battlefield Promotion. And that automatically puts you out on the PGA Tour. If that's the case, do you know how that works? Do you go immediately or do you still have to wait? I believe you just go in the next week. You get the rest of that season. And the next season. How about that? There's a huge opportunity that if this can happen, you know, in these next two events, <laughs> would, would be phenomenal. That would be unbelievable. But if, say, if it happens in the first five or six events of next year, you know, that gives us the rest of that year on the PGA Tour to, you know, either to make a run or to, like you said, get used to it, get acclimated to it. So let's just say we just go <laughs> ahead and clip it off here this week or the next, then – you know, we just take the flight out to Vegas and, you know, we play in Shriners and mm-hmm. the CJ Cup and then there's Zozo and then there's Bermuda and then there's the Houston Open and, you know, off you go, right? I mean, that's the one thing about the tour now. Man, there's a lot of tournaments, you know, on the PGA Tour, there's 50 there's next a year. Lot. The opportunities um, are out there. And of course, everything is kind of turned upside down the Corn Ferry Tour where your season this year is now just running into next year and it's just going to be a a, a continued accumulation of points. However, give us our listeners just a little insight. You you go to Savannah, you've played that golf course before. Um, Give us just like a a little short checklist of the things that, that you want to know when you're going into a tournament like this, what are you and your caddy doing in the pro-ams in the practice rounds? You're like, yep. Okay. We need to know this, this, and this, give us that little short list. Yeah. Like you said, uh, golf courses that, that I've seen and I know the things I'm checking when I get there are, uh, you know, the course conditions seeing, okay, you know, are are we, when we fly this ball, you know, 275, 270 with the three wood, is it sticking or are we rolling it out? You know, is the, on the par threes, you know, when you landed on this downslope, is it firm enough to really kick or is it just going to, 
you know, do we have to, do we have to pay attention to this or do we, do we not have to pay attention? Cause, cause we don't want to pay attention to things that don't matter. And I don't want to overcomplicate things. So if the golf course isn't going to play firm and fast, then I don't need to worry about some of the things and, and vice versa. If it's not, then, uh, you know, I need to worry about, you know, carry numbers. I need to know how far this thing's going to carry in that, you know, check in, you know, just double check in, making sure they didn't add some bunker somewhere, or, you know, add a hazard or penalty area somewhere I didn't know about, you know, and then on, on top of that green speeds, how, how are they reacting to chip shots? How are they reacting to wedges? Uh, wedges are big, you know, that's our scoring clubs. That's what we're, you know, we rely on, uh, you know, if we have short holes or if we have to punch out or anything like that, they're the ones that kind of help us out our saving shots or making some more birdies. So Jared, Hey, I, I really appreciate your time. Super happy for you. Um, I have no doubt I'll be turning my TV on, on a weekend watching you on the PGA tour after another made cut racking it in, in a uh, fruitful career on the big circuit. Couldn't be happy for you, man. Best of luck here this week in, uh, in Savannah. 